I have our cold open topic. Okay, okay. Which is, I think, I think that I, as an adult, should be not like socially told not to do the following thing, which is to go to the store and buy a dog toy for myself and just squeak it and like be like, man, this is soft. I really like this. Like, no, I and, think. And ha- Joe, you've unlocked the animal basically that also has a squeaker. secret of adulthood, which is that you can go out and buy anything. <laughs> like, you know, when you're kids, you're like, oh, adults I can mean, go out and buy anything. Fair. And then it's true, and you become an adult, and you go out and you buy everything. I don't think, I, I'm just saying, I don't think there's right, anything like, to be ashamed of. So, so this. So, I, I'm saying this because, um,. My so, uh, my parents went out today and got their um first part of the COVID vaccine. Oh, nice! Uh, because my parents are both uh first first responders, so they can actually like get that. Um, and so they also had to like pick up some stuff from shopping, and it was like it wasn't Instacart, but they were also like very safe with masks and everything. And they saw a dog toy. They actually saw it. They brought two dog toys back home for Dusty, um, which for listeners is my uh, Yorkie. And one was like a stuffed dog that has a squeaker in it um, that I was like, oh, you got this for me. And they're like, no, idiot. This is for the dog. And I'm like, "Uh uh-uh. I'm fighting him for this one. Um, And then the other was a goose. But uh, the, the squeaker for it is not a generic squeaker. Like, it makes goose sounds. So d- describe the one that that you got for yourself. I did I did not get one for myself, but I might. It's like a the the one I'm thinking of is like it's it's um the one the one on your wish list. The dog toy I'm on trying Joe's to think wish of list. Like, yeah, the the one that's in <laughs> the one in my Amazon wish list. Um, it is. You know, like, how big around CD cases are? Yes. Sorry, I, I was I had a massive happened? burp, and I was Finn, muted where myself. where have you gone? I'm here. Oh, okay. I, I was 100% dissociating in that second, because I was like, oh my god, Finn has been killed. No, 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 um, I was burbing for a it's long kind time. Of like I finally figured out that we as can big as not a... put that in the podcast. <laughs> um, so, it's, it's roughly the dimensions of a uh, CD case, like, in that it's about as tall and as wide, but it's, like, about half the volume just because of the way it's shaped and like it's fluffy and uh movable and it's kind of got like a calico coloring uh to it uh-huh. but then again i've never been one to like definitively know what the color is of something um well, I've been but yeah of... it's just like it, it's like the generic oh you know the um oh what is it it, it do you know the tumblr post that's like you can tell if someone was a furry based on how they draw dogs. I, I do know this. So so the non-furry uh, dog is like what it looks like, the plush. Oh, I see, I see. So it's a dog toy of a dog. 
Yes. That's pretty cool. I've been playing with this uh, thing that looks like a dog toy. It's a plastic, like, phone holder for, like, if you're watching YouTube while eating, you can, like, <laughs> it'll, like, put your phone up. Mm-hmm. And I've just been, like, squeezing it and pulling it and flipping it around, and it's it's a, gr- a great time over here at my desk. See, that, that's one of the things is, like, people people who buy me fidget toys, like, I appreciate you, and, I like, I'm really thankful that you think of me and that I like things to fidget with. But nothing will be as good to fidget with as something that was exclusively not designed for that purpose. Uh-huh. Well, like, something else I got I, is this. Uh... You, if you hand me... Oh, go ahead. Oh, go ahead. Oh no, I'm going ahead. This is what do I say? I'm gonna, I, I, I'm gonna reach one of this. the uh, one of the stocking stuffers I got was one of those like cube things that opens up and then opens up again and then opens up again and then opens up again, so forth. That thing is mm, an, an yeah. incredible time. That's true. Oh, did I did I tell you what my um this cold open has gone on for a bit so this will be the last point well eventually eventually our podcast will just become the the, cold open the the podcast will get shorter and shorter after the cold open and then (laughs) they call it the like theme song the ending theme that's the goal god i hope so um so i don't want to tell like i don't want to talk about everything i got for christmas um but i did get two things that were uh, odd enough that I think they bear mentioning. Sure. Um, actually, three things. So, one is, um, you know the, uh, what are they called? The Matryoshka dolls or uh, the sure. nesting dolls? Yeah, I yeah, don't yeah. remember what they're like actually called. Uh, I got one that was also, that it's also a nativity scene. So, uh, the outermost doll is Joseph. And then there's Mary, and then there is a wise man, and then there's baby Jesus. I, I like that a lot. Um, and I, op- I opened that, and like, I I was like, oh my god, this is not of this earth. It came from a far funnier dimension. Um, because like I could not conceive of of anyone thinking to themselves, you know what we need to do? We need to take a Russian nesting doll, but make it the fucking nativity. Um, so I, I'm a big fan of it. Uh, it, it will be a, a, a focal point of my desk in the future. And then I got a Bob Ross bobblehead, um, cool. that I actually got my dad as well. Like coincidentally? Um, and you push a button and he says, yes and no. Um, my, my mom knew that we were each getting it for the other. Um, and like kind of said like, yeah, you should definitely get it. Um, so she got a big laugh of knowing, um, but like, I did not go, Oh, I know dad's getting me this. Like, um, but yeah, you push a button and he like says one of his patented Bob Ross sayings, um, which is very cool. If I were were faster, I would say something um, that sounds like Bob Ross, but is also like sexual or something. And it'd be so funny. And we'd laugh. Do not, do not deflower Bob Ross like that. Um, so the, the third thing is, uh, an inflatable tube guy, like the ones outside used car lots, (laughs) but for your desk. Wait, 
How does it? How is it powered? A nine volt battery. Does it make like a sound? Kind of. I got it. I got. I got it. You got to bring this back. The fan is, of course, smaller. And I have to. Oh, of course. I have to see this. It's going on my desk. Because if it's not too loud, I might have to buy one of those for me. Um, I think they're making a holiday version next year that's like a Christmas tree one. What? Which? What is yours? Is it just like a generic, like blue or Um, or something? I think it's orange, um, but don't quote me on that. Might be red. All right, let's get started with this. As a matter uh, of fact, it could be any number of colors. <laughs> Hello, and welcome to Fools in Fiction. Uh, the Fools are back. We're actually on a kind of orderly schedule-ish. Um, amazing what not having to be in school does for your schedule. Uh, this week, the fiction is... We can be heroes, I believe is uh, like you said that like the so, read off um, reading off of your palm kind of way. <laughs> yeah, I so it's not a memorable can title. Be heroes and let's be heroes. Yeah. Um so like for, first off, uh, strike one before we've even gotten to the premise of the movie is that it's um, not called Sharkborn Lava Girl. But the movie is, or strike one is that it's not yeah, Sharkborn Lava Girl. I mean, that's the real strike. That's actually a strike on all movies. Yeah. Um. <laughs> you're right. I any movie, I'm like, all right, noted. Not Sharkboy Lava Girl <laughs> yeah. too. You're on thin ice now. Um. That that was the one bad quality of um. Uh, Knives Out was that it wasn't sharp. <laughs> yeah, I had that same problem coincidentally with Parasite, which I, uh, I didn't think I'd have a problem with. But now that I'm thinking about it, interesting. Um, but yeah, so uh, we can be heroes is a spiritual successor. I don't feel comfortable calling it a sequel to Shark Boy. And Lava it's like Girl. a spinoff. I think um, Shark Boy and Lava Girl are characters in it. Yeah, I think that's, like, the best one. Um, And so I think that was, at the very least, like, how a lot of the internet got introduced to it, was that, like, Sharkboy and Lava Girl would be in it, and they would have a kid in it. Um, And so, uh, first of all, Sharkboy does not speak because it is not uh, Taylor Lautner. It is a different actor. And I, the entire time I'm watching this, so I'm watching, we're, we're watching this, Finn and I, with uh, Chris and Cody, I think, are the only two other people there. Yeah, I think and, that's the um, So, I, like, you know, we're, we're doing our standard issue, like, making some cracks at it. And I'm constantly like, they're not going to give him a speaking role. He's not going to say anything. And I'm mostly right. He does grunt a bit, but not speak English. Um, yeah. And I was very sad. I just, Uh, like... Very, very, uh, white people sad. The thing I really wanted out of this movie was for... I mean, I know I said this, but was for it to be Shark Boy and Lava Girl 2. Because that movie growing up, like, I saw it once. Okay, so there's some, like, childhood movies, right? There's two categories of childhood movies that you love. One is that you've seen them a hundred times, you know, you know, every single scene. 
And it's like, like that's Labyrinth for me. Like, I just mm-hmm. absolutely love it. I grew up and I still love it. And then there's Sharkboy and Lava Girl, which I saw once when I was tiny or whenever <laughs> it came out. And then immediately remembered it totally wrong as a much better movie. And had like, then I had like recurrent dreams yeah. in the universe of the fictional version of Sharkboy and Lava Girl that does not exist and is much cooler. Like there was no concept about dreaming or anything in my in my copyrighted version of Sharkboy and Lava Girl. But anyway, what what I wanted this what I wanted this movie to be was my like my like gritty, angsty, like high special effects Sharkboy <laughs> and Lava Girl that I invented in my head when I was a child and had dreams about. Um, it wasn't that, but I think I, we all wanted that. Yeah. So I wanted that, or I wanted it to be like, like they've all grown up and it's a like Monsters University situation or something. But I think what we got was d- damn Ooh, pretty good. That would also be. Good. That's not an expression. I, pretty damn good. That's it. Um, <laughs> I I think we can be heroes. Like, there were a few, like, pacing issues, I think, in the middle. But other than that, like, I had an absolute blast watching it. I I, I don't remember if you All did right, or not. so... My opinions on this movie and, like, the enjoyability of it are mixed. Um, because I definitely went into... Well, I think, like, 80% of the people watching it were people that were like, oh my god, Sharkboy and Lava Girl's back, and it's gonna be, like, the version I remember it as, rather than, like, the actual movie, um, like you said. Uh, but, like, th- this is not the case. Uh, this movie is very much, like, made for kids, and um, I I think a bit more immature than the original Sharkboy and Lava Girl. I don't think it's, I don't think it's more like, immature because the original Sharkboy and Lava Girl had like snot humor and stuff. Like this didn't have that. Okay, that's fair. I, I think Sharkboy and Lava Girl tackled <laughs> it tackled heavier topics than this. Um, yeah, that, no, that, that is or true. Or at least that like it felt heavier. Um and and I have watched Finn and I have both watched Sharkboy and Love Girl at least somewhat recently, um, for Skiffy, and so I'm not like totally misremembering it. No, um, yeah, no, but I, I do right. still have my rose tinted glasses. But like, We Can Be Heroes was very much like wacky kids and their superpowers gotta save the heroes. Um, I don't. I don't want to say it felt like a, a Disney for kids show, like the like Blue's Clues and, and Paw Patrol and stuff like that. But it also did not feel like a, a you know, a they, kind they, of like they, adolescent they didn't grow with their audience movie. For it sure. felt squarely in like, yeah, which like, on the one hand, very sad. On the other hand, like not terribly uh, unexpected. So, so um, the thing that I think held I, this movie together. I, so, or, uh, oh, sorry. If you had a point, go on ahead. Sorry, that sounded very much well, like I thought you didn't I, have I a point, going... but I, I know you do. <laughs> and now the pressure's no. on. Um. Uh. So my big thing, 
my, my my deviation was just like the the thing I was constantly saying um, while watching this movie is that this script was written by children. Yeah. Um, and that like that's not like I don't actually think that the the script writers for this are children and don't know how to write a script. Um, that's not what I mean. But I mean like if you walked up to little Timmy and you were like, what should they do now? Um, like where should they go next? Like what's going on? Um, it, they would kind of generate this movie. Um, yeah. In my opinion, it, it was and a stream of thought. It turns out I, <laughs> yeah, that's, that's a good way of putting it is that it was like very stream of conscious, like just, you know, I don't, I won't say this movie wasn't pre-planned, but I will say that like, the spitballing got pretty heavy at points. Um, and part of me is vindicated because big spoilers for the end of the movie. Um, the, the evil aliens are actually just like a society that's testing the kids heroes and the kids all design stuff for that alien society. Um, and I felt big vindicated. I'm like, kids actually wrote this script. Um, so I think, um, it is not like some subversive piece of art or anything like that. However, like turning the brain off, getting drunk, very enjoyable movie. The reason, the thing that kind of catapulted it above other like similar movies to me was that even though it, it had the stream of consciousness kind of plot, which I don't think is a bad thing. I just think it's a certain style that can be unappealing for adults it the kind of twist was that it was planned out and there was like foreshadowing and there was a plot twist and things made sense like thematically but only that was only revealed at the end and i think that that's kind of a cool thing to to for the movie to pull off what was that 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 the aliens were actually good aliens and they were testing them in these specific ways and things were designed for the test um like, it was, like, easy, like, an easy plot twist for sure. And, like, the reveal that one of the kids was actually an alien was that she accidentally drew a picture of herself as an alien, which is the dumbest thing in the world. But, like, the fact that there is this structure <laughs> in it, I think is really cool. And I I, I think that the, the fact that they balanced that having that structure with having such a whimsically written script, I think is, is very, very cool. And gives it a kind of charm that I wasn't expecting. Yeah, I can agree with that. And like, it's I, I still think like the twist and everything kind of has that like childlike charm, where where you know, I I think when you're a kid, it makes total sense that the bad guy would accidentally draw herself as an alien, and like that's how you find out. That's a good point. Um, whereas an adult, you're like. No alien, no, like, no villain would be that fucking stupid. Um, but like, it's definitely one of those things where you kind of put yourself in the mind of being a kid again and you watch that movie and you're like, this is, you know, what I would have thought of and, and what I would have enjoyed. Um, and, uh, and sometimes like, what I still enjoyed, like, some of the jokes were know. dumb as hell, but some of them were good. Guppy, this tiny child beating people up with these, like, goggle glasses was hilarious. I'm looking at a picture of her now, and it's the funniest thing I've ever I, seen. I was a big fan. I'm yeah, so, this like, picture. another thing, <laughs> another thing that, um, 
I think about a lot is that like a lot of I I think the kids movie as a genre is kind of dying. Um, I think it still can exist in like um, what is it like uh, pay per view like direct to pay per view stuff yeah. that's animated and like whatever, but. You know, I, like, there hasn't been a Despicable Me movie in a while, um, which is, like, well, on the one hand, I'm counting my blessings, but on the other hand, I thought that was kind of, like, the last franchise that was, like, very for kids, whereas, like, with Disney, um, and I mean, Disney's almost always done this, Disney tries to make uh, movies that can be enjoyed both as a kid yeah. and as an adult. Um and and I think all of the most recent Disney movies have really knocked that out of the park. Um, even to the point where I'll say, like, I, from what I have seen and heard of Frozen 2, like, I don't think it's a kid's movie, uh, strictly. Because, um, like, sure, you, you have, like, all these cool powers and everything, and those are going to appeal to the kids. But, like, it, it very much has kind of a serious plot progression and um, everything like that. And, uh... I mean, even so far, you know, we watched Princess and the Frog uh, recently, and that movie is like, sure, it appeals to kids because you frogs, haha. But like, it, it's pretty heavy, like watching it as an adult. Um, For sure. So I felt like, you know, kids movies that were really, uh, you know, kind of designed for kids um, have been dying out, like... You know, you wouldn't get another kind of Meet the Robinsons um, movie nowadays, or um, and I, I think Sharkboy and Lava Girl would hard to be due nowadays if it weren't for um, We Can Be Heroes. And so, as much as people want to be like, oh, I watch all this high art, like, sometimes I just want to watch a kid's movie. Um, for sure. Uh, and re Real quick, you mentioned Frozen uh, 2, like, and it just reminded me that I need to proselytize uh, Jenny Nicholson's alternate Frozen 2 video, where she describes a much better version of Frozen 2. That is... It, it's, it's so it's not, good. It's not, like, it's not like a video where she's like, well, I, these were the wrong things. It's her like sitting down, like telling you a fucking story. And at the end of that, you're like, whoa, I love that. Or at least that that's what I was like. But yeah, definitely check out that video, listeners, if you don't know. Even if you haven't seen Frozen 2, just her, Jenny Nicholson's, like, plot of Frozen 2 that was not the actual plot of Frozen 2, it was just one she made up, is just so good. It's so good. Okay, sorry, back to the show. Um. Oh. Yeah, well, so another thing to kind of, like, tie into my point, um, is that Finn and I, well, we did an episode on it, but we're, we are still, well, Finn, you finished Code Lyoko, right? I finished Code Lyoko in the, the far, <gasps> that means, that means, that means, that means, uh, you, you never followed through on your threat to finish it before me. Fantastic. I, yes, that is true. Where, were you hoping um, that I was? So I have been, um, speed running no i i just like wasn't sure okay. um so to to go on my walking tangent um uh finn finished code lyoko and then i kind of picked it up back again um and the reason i was taking a hiatus 
is because I was fucking speedrunning One Piece. Um, where I went from chapter one to chapter 999 in the span of like two weeks. Um, so I could be caught up before chapter 1000 dropped, um, which destroyed my sleep schedule. Um, but back to Code Lyoko and what this means for We Can Be Heroes. Code Lyoko is like a kid show. Like, well... The first part of it is, I know it gets more serious in later seasons, but, like, you just turn your brain off and you're like, this is what I would think as a kid. And they make all yeah. these, like, quippy jokes that don't really land. But, like, you, 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 like, when I watch it, I know for a fact, like, I, I hear a joke and I'm like, young me would have laughed at that. Yeah, it's um, it's very different post-season one because they changed studios. And so, so it's like a whole I different think, team. Um, yeah um so yeah i think like a lot of um kids material is becoming both more mature and more immature so like you know shark boy and lava girl like have snot jokes um but i feel like watching like um what is it is it illumination that does despicable well, that, that minions, right. I think it is. Like, whenever I watch one of their movies, I, I'm just inundated with fart jokes and, like, very base humor. I don't and even know. Did there I, isn't, like... Did I like that as a kid? Kind of Does the, anyone, like... Did you like that as a kid? I don't, like... I, I don't think so, but I don't that's so also either. me, like, hoping I wasn't fucking cringe as a kid. I mean, um, very likely the big all thing of us for were me cringe. is like very likely we are still cringe. <laughs> I so my thing is like <laughs> thirty-year-old me is going to be like, wow, twenty-two-year-old Joe Brown uses the word cringe. That's kind of cringe. <laughs> oh um, shit! And then it, this happens every ten but... years until you die. <laughs> <laughs> so um, the the big thing for me is like. I think kids' movies have lost a lot of whimsy, is the best way to uh, phrase it. Because, like, when... when So, a very good example of a kids' movie uh, that I think balances uh, being a kids' movie well with also, like, having some heavy themes is uh, The NeverEnding Story, uh, which is... Good God, I forgot that was a kids' that makes movie. makes me cry. Um, that's like a... That's a yeah, like... which... Uh, first of all, I, I don't have any endings. It's one that. of those things that you go into it. <laughs> um, you go into Never Ending Story as a kid, and you're like, "Oh, it's so magical!" And like, this kid's reading us, you know, from the storybook, but it's actually happening. And you have like Falcor, the Luck Dragon, and like everything looks so cool. And then as an adult, you're like, "Oh my god!" Like his horse dies in a swamp due to depression um one and uh, not awful but like what a what a traumatizing thing but like as a kid you don't realize that you're just like oh that's so sad but like look at this magical adventure um and you you, and so you also think, have like you, you also have movies like the last mimsy that have whimsy to, to rhyme it uh and and are more like don't have super yeah. heavy things but still have like 
deeper themes or not deeper themes but like deeper plot lines going on like last mimsy is a story about the apocalypse like but it's told from kids perspectives and they get very little kind of glimpse into that um and it ends up like more of a kind of simple kids movie yeah which is like i think that's the kind of thing that is is um a dying art form is having a kids movie that is focused on like just kind of the the sheer imagination of it all um and the spectacle um and like the the notions that you have as a kid uh rather than like There's fart a, jokes yeah and also like sex jokes for the parents there's a, i've got a very um, brief uh anecdote about this which is uh, I was watching okay. some Patricia Jackson video, but it was like a like a Patreon Q and A video or something. It wasn't like a essay or anything. And she was talking about if she had infinite resources, what movie she would make. And okay. she was saying, I- "I'll describe the plot very briefly, <laughs> because she takes like ten minutes to describe it." Um, but it starts off um, with like a girl in a very small like f- fantasy village, and she has to like run around and do tasks and she's like growing a beet farm or something and it's about her trying to like the first part of this movie is about her trying to like get the ingredients or not the ingredients for beets holy shit like the the farming equipment um and like raise money for it and do that kind of stuff and help around town and then like maybe half an hour in she gets kind of sent off on this much larger quest that involves like leaving the village leaving the town and going off on this very very long walk into the kind of wilderness and as she goes on this walk and this walk takes like maybe like several hours in the movie like four hours or five hours or something like so this is a crazy long movie and it wouldn't be designed for theaters it'd be designed for like internet or something but as she takes this walk and like she she goes out and like she meets people like some elder or, or or something but as she goes on the walk, there's less and less dialogue and there's more and more music and that landscape becomes kind of more and more abstract until she finds she's like in this huge field and she finds a uh, like a park bench and she sits down on it and the movie ends. And initially you're thinking like, what the hell, like why? But because the uh, all the advertisements for this movie would only be this first half with the beats or not first half, but first, like, half hour with the beats. Oh, that's interesting. And it's, you're, like, sitting there, and you're like, when is this movie going to end? Like, this is not what I signed up for. But what Patricia wanted to capture in this was the feeling that you have when you're watching a movie as a kid of it being so long, and you don't know when it's going to end. She, she was thinking, like, when is the last time you watched a movie and not known exactly how much time is left or, like, where the plot structure is going? So she wants to make something in this fantasy world where she has a ton of money and animators and stuff like that would give adults that experience that kids have of going into a movie and legitimately not knowing what they're going to see and ha- entering this kind of um, fantasy world, but not fantasy world in like the traditional sense, but like fantasy world in the sense like you really don't know, like it, it defies your expectations in a way, and it also mainly is super long. And I thought that was a really cool idea. I don't know if I'd see the movie, but I, I think it was, 
it's an interesting observation that as kids movies seem like much bigger things and as adults they seem like small things like you would watch a movie like in a month and be like wow that was so cool but now it's like all right we're watching a movie today you know and so i think that that would be a cool idea to capture that back and back to our actual topic i think that this this movie we can be here has captured back that whimsy in in a in a fun way i i definitely think that like so to to talk about like not knowing when the movie was gonna end um i feel like this movie kind of captured that well in that it felt like it could have had more at the end but simultaneously it felt like a lot of the plot beats could just like lead right into the conclusion um and just like leave something else for a sequel or whatever um so i felt like you know i didn't i mean first of all going in i didn't know what to expect um like what the plot would be who the characters would be um how long it would be stuff like that um and i think you know i wasn't positive of like anything until the very end scene where all the kids are like posing on yeah the that's a good I was point like, oh you, okay you, like, like it actually is done we legitimately didn't know like if the twist was gonna be the twist or not and th- there were two twists right there was that yeah. the uh that the people in the hero agency were actually aliens and then the second twist was that the aliens were actually there to help out the humans which is like a, a fucking cool twist yeah. that second one especially like you don't see that in most mm-hmm. in like most alien movies that they're actually good. It, it's a very like childish thought to have, in a good way. Yeah, and, and the uh, other thing like about um, just kind of the the imagination and stuff behind these kids movies is um, I I think it's really interesting because I think a lot of the movies that people feel nostalgic for um really have this so uh like the iron giant is one of the movies i think like the the people of our generation are either like really nostalgic for or have never seen i'm in um, the second group but a lot of it sh- oh you have to see it it's so well i love it a lot um and I think the reason I love it a lot and am so nostalgic for it is because it was, you know, that kid movie where she, this kid just finds a random robot that's giant. Um, yeah, and of course, made of iron, as the title would imply. Um, uh, that's like, it's just like, that sounds like just fucking he, good he shit. Just like, yeah, but, like, he makes friends with it, and, like, he has to hide it, and, you know, as an adult, you're, like, fucking tell the government, like, or, or don't mess with that, because it might explode, or that might not be safe, but as a kid, you're, like, I want an iron robot friend, I, and, like, what if the government takes him away? I can't trust them, like, he's my friend, um, yeah. and, I- uh, you know, Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory is another really good example. And I mean, part of that is uh, uh, Dahl um, is an excellent writer, and I love almost all of his work. Um, But like, just the idea that 
there could be an entire room where everything is edible and you don't as an adult you know you don't go well how do you get stains out and like what when it start to smell bad and like what about all these different tastes and and bleeding over and the temperatures but like as a kid you're like fuck yeah i can eat everything here and that makes total sense like the big wizard man said it therefore i can do it i think this is um, a case for uh like reclaiming whimsy in adult movies you know there's someone on twitter noticed that there's a pattern that anytime you have something that doesn't make sense in a movie so many people on the internet are just like attacking it like just like saying oh that it's nonsense this was an era. Stop yeah me. yeah but like the you can accept some amount of whimsy like are you, you you can allow yourself to accept some amount of whimsy some amount of illogic in movies because it's a movie like it there's no reason why things have to make sense it's art you know it's like you you get whatever you get out of it and there's no there's no necessity for this hyper realism that a lot of people seem to demand and it, it it's something someone else i think was pointing out about the fact that almost all kind of modern adult movies nowadays in order to put symbolism into it instead of having just symbolic imagery they'll have an explicit dream sequence and whoever this was was pointing it out was saying yeah. why not just have this as symbolic imagery it gives you a lot more options and i i think that's a really a cool idea and i think one of the um one of the really interesting things about that is um, the modern remaking of um, oh, um, it's not a swiftly tilting planet. That's the sequel. Um, oh my god! Why can't I think about this? Uh, the name of this. Um, I uh, can you describe it? Wallace. What is his? Hold on. I, I, I know Oh, uh, Wrinkle in Time. Um, oh, A Wrinkle in Time. I I don't know why I can never think of the first name, A Wrinkle in Time, but I can always think of A Swiftly Tilting Planet. Oops, um, sorry, I just noticed I accidentally paused the recording for one uh, second. So, listeners, that was not you. That was that was me. Apologies. Uh-oh. Just, just for a second. I, I shouldn't even have mentioned <laughs> it. The flow would have been um, better. Um... Uh, no, so the the modern remake of a wrinkle in time um did you see it i must have one sec let me look it up a wrinkle in time 2018 i must not have not i definitely so i a lot might of might have <laughs> i don't know maybe so a, a lot of the a lot of the criticism i heard of it um, was that like, oh, it's a nonsense plot, and it doesn't make sense why they can do these things. And like, they just do whatever. And I'm like, I promise you, that's the point. Like, it is it is a children's book. And yes. it's just like, I want to do a bunch of cool things. Like, it doesn't matter and, why the Tesseract works the way it does. Yeah, like, it just, yeah. it do. And th this isn't to say that um, you can't and, uh, enjoy movies for realism and be disappointed when something you were hoping would have realism doesn't have realism. Like, that's definitely a valid kind of way to go into a movie as well. 
I was oh, yeah. to give an example, but I can't think of any. But like <laughs> Um I I just think that like I I think a, I think this is why I really love La La Land. Um, yeah, that's a great. That's because, a such. A, that's such a good example of having metaphorical imagery without a dream sequence. Like in in La La Land, like are are they dancing in the street? No, because like they're like the the you know the way that everything looks changes, and these people obviously like aren't dancing in a traffic jam, but like it's a musical, and that you know like. That's what people do in musicals. And and also just like instead of having um having only like uh a dream sequence or something, you just have like, oh, these vibrant colors mean this now. Um and like sure there's a, a pretty notable dream sequence in La La Land. Um well there is a sequence that is dreamlike in it. Um but like I just plop it in and I look at it and it makes me feel like a kid again. Yeah. Um, and I think deep down, um, that is what I look for in at least some movies. Um, yes. And I like, that was the thing too, is I went into La La Land, um, hearing that it was, you know, pretty good and that it was a musical. Um, and I was like, okay, I don't like, you know, I, I, have this expectation or this expectation going in and I sat down um, and I, I can vividly remember this and I watched the very opening of it and I said to myself, oh my god this is going to be so good and it was, I mean I could write an entire thesis on why I love this movie um, but like it, it's just one of those things that like I have never once gone well why did they have that dream sequence or like why did they have that secret or sequence at the um uh the planetarium like they weren't really flying like what was the point of that i sit down and i go this makes me feel a certain way yeah and that's all, all the reason i need to uh to like enjoy it realizing um, that like i can allow man, myself got, to i uh, sorry go ahead Uh, no, I, I was going to kind of go with the point that you're you're making was like realizing I can just enjoy something yeah. is like freeing. It's it's led me to retroactively enjoy movies, which is wild. There's a movie called Starfish, which I think I mentioned on the podcast a long time ago that makes no fucking sense at all. And thinking back on it, like <laughs> as I was watching the movie, I was like, this makes no fucking sense at all. But now like thinking back on it, I'm like damn i loved the imagery that was there and the acting and the visuals and the concept and the music and like every scene i'm like damn i loved that movie but while i was watching it there was just this constant in my head th- voice that didn't need to be there that was like bad it's bad because it makes no fucking sense like that's that's a hindrance that's not a, a help when you're watching movies yeah um i think that like i think that there are some uh people trying to recreate that so like um over the garden wall has i mean is pure whimsy um yeah like 
there is no there there is no rhyme or reason to it and that makes it all the better um and uh infinity train at least the uh first season of it we have to watch the other seasons i'm yeah dying to see them for sure um like it's sure there is this kind of grand mystery of what's going on but like in the moment you like my favorite part of infinity train is they go to a sovereign land of corgis and i love corgis um so already i'm hooked but like they don't really question why the corgis can talk or like how there is a, a sovereign nation inside this train they're just like weird i gotta get to the next train car i think something um, that uh that like so, filmmakers or or, or uh people who make stories kind of confuse is wonder with desire to actually know the truth like when i see the corgi car in infinity train i'm like whoa why are there corgis here like how does the train work to 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 fit this whole land inside of it but like and i understand that the people who are writing it it it, and this isn't something i think they do bad at all but people who write stories where you ask questions like that see that people are asking questions and go oh we want to promote this but the way of promoting it of not just having it but also actually answering it i think is kind of appealing to the wrong thing like wonder Mm -hmm. is something that disappears once you know the answer so like desiring to know the answer has its own reward you don't you don't necessarily you don't need the answer there to enjoy yeah the desire of seeking it you know heck is that a justification for actually so like unsolvable science stuff maybe (laughs) so well to um this is something i like kind of struggle with too because like so I was having a discussion with Chris and Cody about something in One Piece and like what it is is pretty irrelevant but I was like man I wonder why this is the case and it was the the argument came down to like would you actually be happier having that be addressed like you know like kind of the you know Oda the mangaka the manga writer um turns to the camera and is like this is what this character is and this is how they're this powerful and everything and i'm like no i wouldn't because like part of the the great thing about that is like you know i i sit in front of my computer and i read this chapter and i go yep sure that like i just go with it um and i don't like you know and this isn't like a defense of um you know you can't say this for everything so like i think uh movies with like very nonsensical plot or just like the room where things happen kind of for yeah. no reason yeah like, or, or 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 movies that i i could not that have like such a level of um metaphorical imagery but kind of like think they're so smart for having it or like ooh, did you notice all this magical imagery what does it really mean like life of pi you know like that's also not great oh my god you Life of Pi is something that is, like, seared into my brain, but in the sense that, like, I never consciously think about it, but someone brings it up, and I'm, like, suddenly flooded with how much I hate that movie. Um, uh, yeah, 
but like, so, you know, uh, like with all things on this podcast, take it with a grain of salt and it's not like applicable everywhere. Um, but sometimes I'm just like, I just want to, I want to read something and look at it and be like, damn, that's cool. And, um, yeah. You know, you can certainly um, there. There are people out there who have spent um, hundreds of hours of hypothesizing as to how this or that happened, or like, you know, I mean, the the lore of Lord of the Rings is, and like the the way things work and the history of that entire you know universe is so advanced, but like. You don't have to get into it. Um, it's there if you want it. And, and we're not saying it's a bad to idea it. to get into it. Um, and Or that the authors answer it. But it's cool that they have a story yeah, that makes well, sense and works and is enjoyable without the need to. Yeah. Because like one of, one of my big projects um, is for Pokemon and just being like, I want to write notes on stuff. And actually one of the Christmas presents uh, I bought for myself is like, um, an anatomy book for Pokemon that was fan made, um, and has beautiful, uh, illustrations. And like, you can seek out that stuff and, and be like, man, I like love this and do wonderful deep dives. Um, but I think that deep dives being mandatory for a story is like not the case. I'm glad that we're still doing this podcast um, after we like largely ran out of ideas, because, like, I feel like it's actually, like, helping me think about this stuff, and it's getting me excited about media and stories, and it's, like, it's 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 cool that we're still doing this, I think, for, for a moment of sincerity well, and, that's... and cringe. <laughs> well, one... <laughs> one of the things, kind of, uh, pulling back the curtain on this is that um, very early on, I, like, tried to go into an episode with like kind of my thesis. Um, and then, you know, I started winging it just because um, it's, it's hard to do uh, back when we were doing this weekly um, to have a thesis always ready. And I started winging it and I found that by doing stream of conscious and having like my general ideas, but letting the, the conversation kind of ebb and flow, um, it got me to discussions I enjoyed having a lot more. Yeah, because it's um, like you're really having a so conversation like, if you don't know what you're going to say entirely beforehand, which is something I had to learn for sure. Yeah. Because, um, like, sure, you can write video essays on why X character is Y archetype and what that says. Um, and, like, they, they can be interesting, but you know, for, for this kind of show, especially um, with the kind of people we are, um, I think it's a lot more interesting to be like, oh, well, what do you think about this? And, and uh, you know, I think coming in with the statement, like, if we had come in with the statement, um, We Can Be Heroes is a good movie because it's whimsical. First of all, I would have, like, not been able to come up with that thesis just like sitting down and going why did i like that um and trying to put pen to paper and secondly i think that like when you come in with a thesis statement that's really all you come to the table with uh yeah. sometimes 
is that argument. Whereas with this stuff, where it's like, what did you think about it? Uh, you have a lot more branching paths. And I, I find also still pulling back the curtain um, for a second, holding the curtain back to let the words go through. Um, <laughs> I find that, like, I, I have a real tendency to want to plan. And I know this with D&D as well, because I'm not good at improv. I'm not good at thinking on the spot. I couldn't come up with the name. Heck, I was trying to come up with the name of a city for an entire day yesterday, and I couldn't do it. Um, and see, like, now I've lost my chain of thought, for instance. But uh, <laughs> but I think you can have... For, okay, so to continue pulling back the curtain, I drove for seven hours today. And I did not think about We Can Be Heroes at all during that drive. I thought about The Road and a podcast I was listening to called Within the Wires. Season 5 just ended. It's so good. Everyone has to listen to it. I cried so many times in the car for seven hours. But um, I I got back. I ate two fucking gigantic burritos and I got on the call. No thoughts in my mind. And like, and it's, it's, it's like 840 right now. I think that, what was my point? (laughs) shit i had some good point Uh uh-oh well i i i think coming into conversations in this kind of natural way where you're not going out to like you you've thought about it enough that you can say something about it and for for us that was watching the movie because there's i don't know how much there is to think about besides watching the movie and what we've already well, oh yeah, yeah, okay. So we watched the movie, and that was the source material, and that was enough in our brains already. And then we come into this, me, entirely empty-headed. Um, and I think that that's how you can really get like a, a, a good conversation going, not to pat ourselves on the back too much. Well, one of, one of the things for me is like, um, so I was... Uh, home alone for a fair bit today um and a lot of that was just you know cuddling with my dog um but then like right before this call um we took down our christmas tree um and so i was focused on like you know getting ornaments off and moving the tree and everything like that um and so i'm i'm usually like a head empty himbo type person um and so my only thought of the podcast today was like, I have to do the podcast today. Not like, oh, I want to make these points. Yeah, same. Um, and uh, I I think it's a better way to come into a conversation. It's, you, you know, what is really good is um, so when whenever you're really passionate about something and you just ramble on about why you love it. um. You know, you're not talking about, like, you're not making a point that this game is revolutionary or that this music uh, or music artist, like, is uses music in a new way or, or harkens back to something. You can talk about that, you're but, not, like, you're usually not making you're not a point. Ma- you're not writing You just want to share something with someone. Yeah, it's a it's a form of self-expression. It's, yeah. You, you say, like, I'm the per- I'm the kind of person who enjoys this. And uh, I hope that I can share this bit of myself by sharing this enjoyment with you. Yeah. Uh, and 
and that's why I think like kind of off the cuff stuff like this um works because if you know if I wrote an essay on you know to go back to me loving La La Land if I wrote an essay on it which I could do um I I think it would be you know fine work um because I I would be able to like revise it and be like okay do I really love this about this you know what does this say but when you're just talking with someone you don't like you know you don't get into the nitty-gritty because it proves a point you get into it because you're passionate about it yeah um and so like that that's one thing that um i think uh i like about us making this podcast um and what i liked about when we were doing you know kind of the fake plot of the pod yeah and everything that we had like kind of a, a funny idea and then like maybe five minutes before we start recording it's like all right let's get our story straight like what's the plot for today yeah yeah i'm, I'm um, glad we didn't like sit and, down and, and it write wasn't it out. like painstaking research on like oh that, that that was my point about the car is that i was yeah i was exhausted um, and busy for so long that i didn't have of... time to gather my thoughts enough to like form an essay you know it, it was closer to the state that you're in when you're just talking about something you enjoy with your friends there's no prep it just is something that comes up and you can't always replicate that with the podcast right because we're recording at some set time well plus or minus but like i think that kind of just removing thoughts from your brain beforehand can be helpful in, in simulating that more natural environment that is what we tried to get originally when we started Did, sorry, did that make sense? I I might yeah. have said things a little like, out of order. I think um, the the goal of this pod. I I understand what you mean. Like the the goal of this podcast. Um, I don't think originally was uh what I'm about to say, but I think has become um, uh this thing of replicating those discussions that you and me and Sean and Chris and everyone have when it's two a.m and we can't sleep and we're tipsy or maybe we're really emotional because we have a final or maybe we just saw a movie that we were like crazy about but it's about this feeling of of, uh, a couple of friends or you know more friends just having a really laid-back discussion and just thinking about it instead of like immediately having to have a a stance to defend I think it's fine to come in with this stance, but only if it's only if you've come to that stance because you're passionate about it and you're passionate about what that stance means, not oh I gotta think up something for the podcast. Let let me write down my like thesis, my th- my five paragraph essay. Oh yeah yeah yeah. And I think that that's something I I've just noticed I I've just realized now is I think it's fine to come in with whatever amount of knowledge as long as it's something. And it's fine to come in with a five paragraph essay if that's what you naturally would have if that's if I would have written it anyway, <laughs> you know, like but without the podcast. Yeah, and 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 that's one of the th- things. I think I do my own personal level of research for the podcast of like what I genuinely want to do. Like I don't go into the podcast 
having read a book for like uh a day just to be like oh I, i've read the you know the teacher recommended reading um if i want to read a book for the podcast i'll read a book for the podcast and if i like want to read snippets i'll do that or if i want to listen to music i'll do that um but like for me i think the only preparation for the podcast i need is i need a starting point and i need someone else to talk to and that's about it yeah and this is why i think i i i think we should wrap up pretty soon but this is why i think our like episode ideas doc has gotten so little love is because like if we don't like if we're not passionate about like we're passionate about those things when we write them in the list not like on any given friday night you know like like like, i I think it's good things like if we have no idea at all and we want to go to it but like it's not like a, a list that we should follow one by one I think it's fine to just be like, all right, what are we doing this time? And then, yeah, and then we do it. And, and and I think one of the one of the great things about that is that um it lets us react a lot faster to like things that we see or or uh experience. Cause like if we were following the doc to a T, we would have thrown uh we can be heroes on it. And then gotten around to it like a month later when it wasn't fresh in our minds. Um, but now, you know, I, I mean, it's a couple of weeks since we've seen it, but I, you know, it's less, it's left, um, enough of a lasting impression on me and, uh, hopefully on Finn that yeah. we can speak at least, uh, somewhat authoritatively on it. And, uh, I don't have to like stew on it for a bit. Yeah. Um, Because that's the other thing is like, I'm one of those people that like, I think out, like, I think of an argument like 10 days before I think I'm going to have it. So I like, I know all my options and like what to say and, you know, how to feel. Um, And if I did that for the podcast, I'd hate it. Like, because, you know, like, like I was saying, like, the argument, like, if you're having an argument, it's about winning. But if you're having a, and, I mean, it really shouldn't be. It should be about like coming to a, a an agreement. But what yeah. can you do? But like to just have a discussion and shoot the breeze is about like kind of like I think it's what argument should be, where it's getting to like a a truth, not like the truth in capital letters, but just like something you think is true. Yeah, um, I think we should start wrapping up. But I have two things. Right. One. I want to heavily recommend All right, a with these two things. podcast. I don't know if this is a podcast for th- this podcast. Like, I don't know if I'm recommending this to you. I mean, I am recommending it to you, but I don't expect you to listen to it. This is more a general recommendation. Uh, Within the Wire season five, um, it works as a standalone. It is a retelling of Romeo and Juliet, kind of. It's a, uh, it's a, I'll be super brief because this is not at all relevant to the topic of the episode. But it is relevant to like things you're passionate about in the moment because I listened to this entirely in the last two days and finished it. Um, it is a love story between a theater director and a play director, I guess is the word. 
stage director, whatever, and a government spy. And it is told in voicemails in reverse chronological order from way well, like years after their breakup to the night that they meet. Uh, and just the music is fantastic. The voice acting is so good. It's like so good. And it's just like an incredibly beautiful story that like, it sounds, it's like people say this about all sorts of things, but like coming away from this, I feel like I know more about human nature and I feel more seen as a person. I cried three times in the car listening to this in the seven hour car trip. Um, it's in total, it's a little over three hours long. I, I like, if you like things that are good, this is a good thing. Um, that's all I'll say about that. My second thing Mood. is, but I think to, to, to finish off this episode that is definitely entirely 100% focused and about we can be heroes, which of the kids had the best superpower? <laughs> Oh, fuck. I mean, like, alright, here, here's the tier list of, of, of ranking it. Absolute P-Brain is, um, oh my god, uh, the main girl, and, and she doesn't have a power, but sure. the, like, her power is leadership and like, shit like that. Absolute P-Brain. Yeah, and then, like, sure. you know, roughly, like, normal brain is um wild card is that what his name was where he yep. can just like choose a power and then absolutely gigantic brain is guppy yeah because i can control water and punch <laughs> it really hard she yeah she's my she's my my s and, and like sure. you you, you like you might be going joe what the fuck are you talking about that's an ape brain take like wouldn't it be smarter to choose? No, I did like her aesthetic and like <laughs> it circles back to whimsy, baby. Like they have this whole sure, scene explaining. It might it. be smarter to take something else. Yeah, they they, ha they have this whole scene like explaining like the in not the in 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 in, in, in holy shit intric intricacies. In in yeah, I I know the word. I'm stuttering. One sec. Intricacies of all of the kids' superpowers. And, and, like, there's ones that involve time travel and stuff, and it's all, like, not actually complicated, but, like, you think for a second, oh, I'm gonna have to think about this. And they get to Guffy, and she's, like, fucking, like, throwing adults on the ground. She's got shark strength! Like, that's just so fucking good. It's just, like, simple and funny. I guess she also has the, uh, um, the water stuff, which is a little more complicated, but just the shark strength is so good. Um, also, also in A tier is acapella, just because I really love how, like, <laughs> yeah. kind of, like, it's, how it's, loose they are with, like, really your, singing <laughs> is your power. I just like that she I, had to come to go, absolutely oh, like, to fly it, the bus or whatever. That's whimsy. <laughs> yeah, um, I, once again, my eight brain will always pick what is funny over what is practical. Yeah. Um but yeah. Uh all right. I started it. I'm going to I'm going to end it. I'm going to do the plugs. Do it. Um Fuck. 
leave us a rating and review on the podcast app or the uh, iTunes or however it works. Um, we have a subreddit at r slash fools and fiction uh, where you can like comment and leave suggestions and stuff like that. Um, that's two down. Uh, listen to the much more talented people on the William and Mary podcasting network at uh, spreaker.com slash user slash pnwm. Uh, send us email at foolsandfiction at gmail.com. Uh, what's our spam situation looking like on that? Uh, we're pretty good. All right, sweet. Yeah, I did not want to have to make a new Gmail account to like hide from the. Spam. Yeah, it just stopped um, somehow miraculously. If you personally know us, uh, uh, if you personally know us, uh, shoot us an email or a text or whatever saying uh, you have a podcast idea and want to do it. Um, we are more than happy to uh, to have guests on, and uh, For sure. I think that's it. Yep, I'm I'm pretty sure um, that's it. Oh, with that. All right, I'm I'm big fucking hungry. I haven't eaten dinner yet, uh, and it is almost nine. Uh, I mean, this was a wonderful conversation to have, but also, yeah, I want you food. So, um, hold on. Let me let me do the tradition. Goodbye. Please, for the love of God, turn the podcast off.